0: Are you ready to nourish your body, heart, mind, and soul? Welcome to The Spiritual Kitchen, a seasonal podcast providing interviews and inspirational feasts to fill the hole in the soul. Listen and learn from action takers, change makers, teachers, and spiritual thought leaders of all faiths and none. Take time to let go, be inspired, and filled up. It's time to sample today's menu of insightful thoughts, heart-opening practices, and soulful support with Spiritual Kitchen podcast host, global inspirational leader, author, and speaker, Monica Douglas-Clark.
1: Welcome, welcome everyone to this week's Spiritual Kitchen podcast. And it's Monica Douglas-Clark here, and I've got the real privilege of welcoming Saida Desolais here with us around the kitchen table today. Dr. Saida wants to live in a world filled with ignited, sexually sovereign women living expressed and fulfilling lives. She's a thought leader and change maker, and she's published several books The Emergence of the Central Woman, The Illustrious Jade Egg, and had her innovative method featured in Dr. Christiane Northrop's best selling books. Women's Wisdom, Women's Bodies, and The Secret Pleasures of Menopause, as well as in Rachel Abrams' books, Multi-Orgasmic Woman and Body Wise. After two decades of dedicated embodied personal and professional practice, Saida is now writing her latest book on desire, while leading a year-long ambassador training and several research projects with a renowned Opsangaini to transform our understanding of women's psychosexual well-being. And just for a little bit of background, when she's not dancing Cuban salsa with her husband's soul, you can find her leading wilderness safaris for women in South Africa or writing deliciously sensual poetry. (laughs) Welcome to the Spiritual Kitchen Cider. It's my deep pleasure to have you here.
2: Oh, Monica, you know that I adore you and... That is the first time that my bio was given to me in such a... You have, like, this amazing voice. <laughs> oh, thank you. Your listeners are so blessed to be getting, you know, bathed in your voice all the time. I hope you do lots of these. <laughs> thank you very much, Saida. Well, this is the point of the Spiritual Kitchen and
1: welcoming you here so we can bathe in this deliciousness together. Mm-hmm. Mm. So... Today, we're going to talk about this idea of sexual sovereignty and igniting that in women. What do you mean by that?
2: Ah, yes. Well, it will require a little definition. So Mm. if you would allow me to to go a little bit expanded for a second. Yeah. So sovereignty is someone or something like a country that is completely autonomous. They're, They're capable of self-generating and taking care of self. So then sexual will regard that as sexuality, but I also want you to think of sexual as aliveness. Mm -hmm. So it's like you, a sexually sovereign person, is a person who is able, is autonomous in their own body, in their own aliveness, in their own orientation. But this also has other implications. It means that your physical body is your sacred ground. In that no person, place, institution, government, no one has the right to determine what happens to your physicality. And this is very important, especially with women's issues around fertility and anything to do with their bodies. Because right now in many parts of the world that actually, I was looking into this, Monica, there is really nowhere on the planet where we legally and uh, institutionally recognize that our body is our own. Nowhere on the planet. No, it is not. It's, it's not your right. You, you don't actually have the right to your own body. It's never been established. So sexual sovereignty is a reclamation of the sacred ground called body and that we are not going to wait for institutions and government to figure it out. We're actually going to step in, fully embody this space and take care of it in a very responsible and connected way. This is a,
1: a really radical, groundbreaking idea that you're bringing to the forefront for us today. Mm. Reclaiming our sovereignty, reclaiming our bodies, and our right to it. You know, the Spiritual Kitchen talks about how we approach modern spirituality, and it's very, very rare that people are talking about sexuality and spirituality in the same breath. How can we use this idea
2: of the spiritual to reclaim our sovereignty? Gosh, I love this question. It's going to be, the, the answer will be a little edgy, but trust me, it's going to go somewhere beautiful, okay? Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I have a firm belief that, that spiritual is omnipresent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Right, so it's, there's an omnipresence to, to essence or spirit. What that means is, is that it's imbued in all things, In all time and space, there isn't an area of existence that doesn't have this, uh, isn't touched by the spiritual. Hmm. So if that is our premise, if that is actually true, if we agree to that, then how can it be separate from even the incarnated things like a tree or our body, our genitals, our energy, our desire, It cannot. It imbues all things. So if it's omnipresent, then spirituality has never been separate from our physicality ever. Hmm. But in a human construct, in attempt to make sense of things, perhaps, we have deconstructed the holiness and the wholeness of reality into all these little parts. Hmm. So for me, the most... Connected, let's call spirituality like connection. Mm, yes. The fabric of life. Okay, let's call spirituality the fabric of life. If spirituality is the fabric of life, then sexuality is the aliveness, it's the spark that which animates that fabric. <laughs> and so I cannot see how they're separate. They are separated through our conceptual reality. It's just conceptually separate. But in actuality, they're not. And I know it might be blasphemous in some areas to say such things. Mm. Here's what I'm going to risk to say, and it's actually a subject of my new book, is that, for example, our desire to know God. There's uh, records of saints going into profound states of rapture, right? When they finally meet their creator and you start crying from the words that they share of that experience because it's so profound and and it's so enlivening. So what is that? What is rapture? But the link when the fabric of life and that which animates it, we suddenly conceptually experience it as one that's all it is and it's so fabulous because what that means is our spirituality now no longer has limitations so let's say that spirituality is our consciousness and we can bring that beauty into all things and when we don't do so you know when we act out of kindness Monica or at a state of grace yes And we do that in a simple way, like maybe helping someone cross the street or, you know, just something simple. We can be filled with rapture. And to me, that is our aliveness, which I also translate into sexual energy, but it's not through the act of sex. Mm. Because here's what's happened to sexuality. It's been hijacked by the porn industry. It's been hijacked by modern society as a currency, but it is not a currency. It is our birthright. It is our aliveness. And when we start to recontextualize it, not as a currency, not as something that we use to bargain for things, but something that is innate, is inborn, and it's the thing that enlivens us until the day that we choose to leave the planet. And without which the idea of spirit couldn't even exist because spirit needs some embodied experience to be experienced. <laughs> so we are needing both. The, they're not separate. It's like the lungs, right? We take a breath in and we take a breath out. But it's like we, we get mad at the out breath and we exalt the in breath.
1: Yeah. I love your definition of spirituality as connection and the fabric of life and sexuality as that which animates it (laughs) this connection the 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 beauty of the breath and i love this metaphor that we we need to embrace and honor both the in and the out breath and if we're stepping into the more conceptual parts of spirituality and we own and honor the embodied aspect of our sexual energy then we recognize our wholeness how do we Mm. do that practically though i know you've done a lot of work and i have done work with you from when i met you about five years ago doing some practices what would you say Mm.
2: people can do practically to reclaim their wholeness well the first thing is what we just Um, we're exploring. Because here's the thing, definition creates reality. So however you define yourself and your life and your experiences, you will experience that. That becomes your reality. So we have thrown at you some pretty radical definitions that are not commonly accepted And yet, if you take a second just to consider them, you may not adopt them as your own, but something else from your own intelligence could emerge as a new definition for yourself. This is why I deeply bow to the sovereignty of every human. We're intelligent. Every listener here matters. You matter, your voice matters, and you're profoundly intelligent. And it's to that intelligence that I bow. And the thing that's in the way of us really feeling whole is purely our conditioning. And so, the great news about conditioning is it can be unmade when we recognize it. The most powerful conditioning we receive is that we receive definitions about how it is from everyone else. And the True spiritual work, I believe, is to come to a place where you are not only marinating in your own essence, I don't mean identity, I mean your essence. For some people they call that soul, some people call it spirit, I call it essence. You spend time in a reverent, allowing and quiet space getting to know your essence and giving permission for that essence to imbue all of you and inform you. When you come out of that space, which I call it coming home to ourselves in a very simple language, when you spend time at home in yourself, at first it's very foreign because our concept of even ourselves and our bodies and our sexuality and our sensuality is all learned. We've been extracted out of a very innate and natural connection with ourselves so that choice we get to make a choice that's how it works we get to make a choice that we want to come home to ourselves we want to discover what it's like to marinate in our own essence and then we want to start questioning our definitions just slowly one by one and asking okay, I know that was true before, but is it still true now for me? Mm. And in that process of self-inquiry, we actually establish a little bit more spaciousness for our own existence. Yeah, I think this is a really important part about
1: spaciousness and making a choice to do that reflection, to ask ourselves about what we believe and the definitions that we hold. I want to ask you about your personal journey, Saida, because I know people would be interested in that. So what's brought you to this point? You're very clear about how you feel, what you believe, and I want to know how
2: you got to that point. You know, Monica, I have a new love for what I call the micro moments. I feel that life... Unfolds breath by breath by these small micro moments and yet There are moments in our life that are very pivotal. I'm sure you've had some mm. we all have pivotal moments of course Right, so sometimes those pivotal moments They shift us and then it's a cascade of micro moments that actually create the transformation Yes, so a pivotal moment for me in my life was um, It's not a pretty story. I was raped. And the rape resulted in me being diagnosed by my doctor with two weeks to live. Mm. And it was a very pivotal moment because I was only 20 years old. And suddenly I was faced with my own death and faced with making a choice because my doctor, the authority, told me Mm. that my life was over and I needed to get my things in order and to say goodbye to the people I loved and that was a pivotal moment because i chose life over her authority over her diagnosis and that was a powerful choice to make in the face of that because very few of us would make that choice in that moment we would just believe the authority and so what has made me the woman that i am now is the understanding of choice and sometimes with choice we end up kind of making mistakes and Those mistakes to me are beautiful because they're a learning, they're a teaching. But there are moments, great moments of big choices. And in that moment, I chose life. I've had other moments where I chose life again as well, where I was in a bad relationship, for example, and I chose to leave because I really felt that I was dying inside. And so you can see that being faced with my death was an exquisite gift because i suddenly became a worshipper a lover a, a, a reverent <laughs> being of life itself and then I, my need to belong to other people to things to i don't know groups died with that and what emerged from that was i belong to life and i will do everything in my power to live fully all my moments because i get to that's so inspirational Saida.
1: i just the words that you said i chose life for many of us when we're in our points of transition our points of difficulty of pain as you say other people hand us the diagnosis other people give us our time scales and for you to give the message that it's possible To become a worshipper of life and to choose it is a really pivotal message I would really hope that our listeners are hearing right now. Mm. It feels like that's a gift in itself. And if you're at a point where you've chosen life, what is it that you're choosing to do with it? What's the impact that you want to make with this
2: life that you have? Exactly. And you know, what's beautiful, Monica, is sometimes we believe that the impact has to be this huge, massive thing. But did you know that every choice, conscious and unconscious, impacts everyone in all things in time and space? Yeah. So choice becomes, for me, one of my prayers. Where am I putting my intent? Where is my power going? Am I in right relationship with this action? And if I'm not, then why am I doing it? So here's the deal that that I I feel would be important to name right now is that I wanted to be this uber, spiritual, pristine, clean, clear, like spiritual being, right? I had this incredible pursuit and I, I looked in so many areas and did so many practices to purify myself, to become this pristine spiritual being. But it wasn't until I started to own and love and care for the messiness of my humanity Mm, that I actually woke up in, in a spiritual sense. I became more spiritual through actually embracing my humanity versus trying to push it away and disengage from it. Yes. I love this. So embracing your humanity, and especially looking at you
1: know, for many people, sexuality is the area, isn't it? It's the area that people don't want to look at, that they push away, deny, or are in a sense of conflict with. And that's why I love your work so much because it brings us back to this body and and, and loving the body that we're in and owning it and as we said already, reflecting on some of the, the ideas that we have about our bodies and sexuality that actually aren't serving us at all.
2: Exactly. And I want to say to your listeners, this is very important, because we've been conditioned that sexuality is a commodity. It's something that we do with each other. And I want to say that it's not true. Sexuality, we, we we're born a sexual being. So we're innately sexual beings. And the gift in that is we don't have to do anything about it. So if you're a person who is uh, single and doesn't want to engage sexually, and you can embrace that you are a sexual being, let's just say that you, you are a very alive being. Let's change the word sexual to aliveness. Mm. and you embrace this aliveness as your own and you uh, really sit in that truth, it won't have power over you. You will feel healthier because actually our systems, all systems of the body uh, function optimally when we run pleasure in the body, when we feel joy, when we feel resonance, and we get sick and things fall apart when we have distress and stress so there is something very important for biological beings to be more in a state of delight more in a state of feeling lit up and switched on and good the good feelings uh, that it helps us actually access our greatness it helps us access our capacity to actually take right action in the world and create change and transformation that we yearn for So all of that is really important, and this is why sexual sovereignty isn't a small issue, because if we remain disconnected from our own aliveness, it's like saying to ourselves, I'm not interested in my own intelligence, and I'm interested in letting other people define how I should live my life. A sovereign being lives on their own terms. We can't do that if we're not in our own bodies. Saida, there's some really deep
1: messages that you're conveying in our discussion today. I feel that people are going to want to listen to some of these messages time and time again. Having the courage to own our aliveness and to live lives on our, life on our own terms is, as I said already, actually a radical act mm. in our current society. And it feels to me, I know you have a project called the Daring Project. Yes. And I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about that because I feel that sharing that project and what you're aiming to do with that might give an inkling to our listeners about how reclaiming our courage and stating how we feel about our lives and our, how we take action in it is really important.
2: Yes, thank you so much for inviting that conversation. I'm really passionate about the Daring Project. And the main reason I'm passionate is that I've realized over just observing uh, humanity is that there's a, a, a disease, an epidemic, that is all over this planet right now and it's called apathy and apathy in energetic terms means that the heart fire has shut down we no longer have enthusiasm and passion for life we um we don't care i hear that all the time i just don't care i don't care and we see this sleepy apatheticness that it's because um it's painful to see what's happening in the world in we're not willing to feel all that pain, so it's easier to numb out. But in numbing out, we numb everything out, our greatness as well as the small moments of beauty. So I said, well, what, what is the counterpart to apathy? What, what would need to be ignited in our essence, in our spirit to, to wake us up? And I realized that being daring is how human beings have evolved. Because if you've ever gone to the African savanna and seen a wild lion in its own environment, not a zoo, mm-hmm. not even um, you know, in a jeep from a safari vehicle looking at it, but walking yes. in the land, in your vulnerable human body, you go, how did we do it? <laughs> yes. How did we ever make it this far? It was because we were daring and it was because we were interconnected with one another. So the Daring Project has both of those elements. It's about kindling your courage, your daring, your audacity to even just allow yourself to matter. Allow your voice to matter. Allow your story to matter. Allow that your, every choice you make actually matters. And then to do it in a collective, because this is a global collective, it's women only at this time. So it's, it's a global collective of women from around the world. And to feel that as you take the daring step, the smallest step, that little tiny yes, you, we have your back. That we see you and that we hold you in your power and your grace. I think this is essential because right now so many of us feel isolated. Yes. Disconnected. And disempowered and so the daring project might seem kind of small and irrelevant in some ways But I actually believe that the greatest change on this planet is going to happen through the people not uh, Institutions and not government We can't wait for big things like that to actually shift. They're too slow so right now we have the opportunity right now in this very moment to take a breath and say you know what i'm choosing to live life on my own terms i'm choosing to spend time listening to my deep heart and saying yes to that emergent dream that is calling me because i actually believe that yearning of that caliber is the way our soul speaks to us about our life's path through the visceral ache it's getting our attention through our physicality it's saying." Ah, uh, are you hearing this and we ache for it mm-hmm. there's a big
1: yes in me to this because what you talk about in terms of connection and the, the combination of daring and interconnectedness us as a individuals within within a collective in most of our societies you know you're in america i'm here in britain this um, individuality and the fact that we can, you know, we find our own way, it doesn't work. It's clear that it doesn't work. It feels that we need to reclaim the sense of collective and, I, and of moving together and supporting each other to take the individual steps that mm. we need to take. You know, we, we talked about how the purpose or the goal doesn't have to be grand, it's in the individual choice that we make moment to moment and if we're part of something bigger if we know there's a movement behind us that's saying be who you are be truly who you are step into your fullness and take that one action that your soul has been screaming for What, what happens if all of us that are involved in this take that one step forward it's like a huge movement a huge wave of action and that's why i like the daring project because it's encouraging that it's encouraging women to step
2: forward and take that step yes and 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 the beautiful part of this is it's a new paradigm monica because i'm encouraging you to really step into your full sovereignty while being in relationship with others yes so that I respect your sovereign choices and they might be completely different than mine, but collectively there's profound respect for myself, for other collectively. There's this, it's like a symphony and we're all a unique instrument and together as, as we contribute our unique song, it creates this incredible symphony that has profound impact. So, the, the problem, and this is actually evolutionary because we all start out, right, as dependent little babies. Yes. So we go through dependency. And then as teenagers, we get rebellious because we want to be independent. But there is a stage of life where we recognize, oh, actually, I'm interdependent. interdependent if, if the air isn't clean, it affects my breath. So I'm interdependent with the air. If the soil doesn't produce food, I starve. So I'm interdependent with the earth. If I um, don't respect my neighbors, they might get angry and do something weird. You know what I mean? Like, so we're all interdependent yes. and, and we don't need to take on each other's suffering because sovereign beings regard each other as powerful. Yes. And at the same time, we can be vulnerable and feel because sometimes the truth is it hurts. Things mm-hmm. do hurt. And if we can just let that crack open our hearts let that kind of pain the human experience pain crack open our hearts and then from there make an offering of beauty to me that is spirituality in action it's embodied spirituality it's the enlivenment of spirit through form yes and and that is to me the leading edge of where human beings are evolving Oh, Saeed, I could speak to you all day. This is just so (laughs) (laughs) juicy. I
1: want to invite you to bring your Spiritual Kitchen takeaway to give us the practices Mm -hmm. that people can explore to make what we've been talking about a reality in their lives. So my first invitation is for you to invite us with our starter, our small taster, our first experience. What would that be?
2: Let's keep it really simple. And let's just have it to do with the breath, but we'll do a very specific breath. And we're going to actually place both of our hands over our chest, over the heart center. And when you breathe, I want you to imagine that you're allowing a spaciousness to open around your own heart so that any tightness and constriction being held in the chest it's softened and released Mm. with that breath. And so there's a sense of allowing just there. Just allowing a spaciousness where we can connect and just be for a moment. And as you feel that space letting your out breath Just be a gentle sigh. When we hear our own breath, it induces a deeper state of allowing and relaxation in our brain. So that in-breath is soft and full and spacious. And that out-breath with the slight sigh just allows us to let go and just be. Let's do three of those together. Big breath. Feel the spaciousness as you breathe in, letting go on the out breath. Just imagine a sense of allowing as you breathe in, and allowing as you breathe out.
1: Mm. <laughs> That's a delicious start. Thank you. <laughs> Opening up the appetite. <laughs> Ooh, absolutely. Spaciousness around the heart—a real gift. From that softening place, you can see how we can connect deeper with ourselves and also with others. Mm. so beautiful thank you
2: what about our mane so the mane is a continuation of the starter Mm -hmm. where we actually allow one of our hands to come right down to our lower belly Mm -hmm. and just above the pubic bone area so that very lowest part of our belly which tends to be quite frozen Mm. so what we're going to do with this breath is first connect with a quality that lives in our heart it's called profound respect mm-hmm. so every breath in I want you to contemplate and sense the quality of profound respect and then when you exhale I want you to imagine that you can actually breathe right down to your lower belly and like a warm current allow the light the warmth of profound respect to just shimmer all the way down and fill your belly. We're going to use the exact same breath with the sigh to do this. So let's breathe into our hearts. We're going to feel this profound respect as we breathe in. And sighing out and send that down and fill the lower belly with profound respect. Breathing into your heart and breathing down into the belly. Two more breaths. Feeling the belly start to soften and grow warm. a moment marinating with the experience of feeling deeply connected to your heart and your body your belly and notice the profound respect flowing between your heart and the space we call the belly and notice how that feels to just rest in that warm soft deeply respectful space
1: delicious <laughs> so we've closed our meal with the dessert the Ooh! sweet the sweetest thing <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love dessert okay i us start with dessert yes yeah, um, so dessert will be a continuation from appetizer to the main to the dessert. But now both hands are gonna come down to the lower belly. And I want you for the women to imagine your womb is like your second heart. And now we've warmed this area with profound respect and we're going to actually engage a little bit more with the pelvic structure of our body. We're gonna use our physical uh, breath and um, muscles of the pelvic floor to enliven this area to actually release all of us carry a low-grade pelvic tension everyone mm. men women children and we want to soften and release this so that's what this dessert is going to be about so as we breathe I want you on the in-breath to imagine that your whole pelvis kind of softens and opens and expands so you let your belly Come out as you breathe in. And as you breathe out, I want you to close the pelvic area like you're lifting yourself slightly off your chair, lifting on the out-breath. In-breath, open, soften, expand that profound respect to every cell. And then exhale and just gently squeeze and lift. And all we're going to do is, in our minds, say, I'm here as we breathe. So you're going to inhale that profound respect. And as you gently squeeze and lift the pelvic floor in your heart, say, I'm here as you exhale. Inhale. Expanding. And claim this sovereign sacred ground called body as you exhale. Let's just do two more. Big breath. I'm here. And one last one. I'm here. And I want to just say a little secret about this breath. They have started to map with research. That the pelvic nerve ignites certain areas of our brain, including courage, Mm. self-esteem, the ability to create and transcendent states. So if you are a spiritual junkie, you will love activating these parts of your brain. And the switch for this is in the pelvis. So use the breath and claim your sacred ground, your body. Oh, wow.
1: Saida. (laughs) A spiritual feast of beautiful simplicity and deep, profound connection. I'm very grateful for you presenting that to us today. Thank you. I would love for people to get in touch with you and connect more deeply with your work. Having experienced your teaching firsthand and having experienced today for the listeners a very small sample of what you provide, I want to give you the opportunity to share how
2: people can get in touch. Thank you, Monica. That's very generous. I think the best place because we spoke to it would be the Daring Project. And that's actually the URL. So Mm thedaringproject.com. And for now, it's for women only. But for the men, if you're really interested, I do a lot of things on my public Facebook profile. with Tons of like... I come on there a lot and speak, but this now is a curated, curated women's only The Daring Project group. Come and just check out that page, see if it resonates. You can actually try the group for free, so you don't have to financially commit anything to, to see if it's right for you. And then it is there is a, a monthly fee, but that, uh, I come live every week and do fresh training every week video training and um, the engagement is outrageous. So I come in and I coach and I give guidance and and of course you meet everyone else. It's so incredible and impeccable and then be part of being more daring, having the courage to stand in your sovereign ground, to claim yourself, to come home to yourself and to your voice and to choosing right action in your life. So I'll put the link there underneath the podcast as well. So people can access that
1: and For the listeners, there will be a Takeaway, a Spiritual Kitchen Takeaway of the three practices so that you have it. You can download it and practice at any time. Saida, I am so grateful uh, to you Mm. for coming and joining me at the Spiritual Kitchen. And I really look forward to seeing you again very, very soon.
2: Yay! It's going to be amazing. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) It was such a pleasure to be here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being willing. Being willing to step on that edge, right up to the edge where we find the spiritual and the sensual are one. On that note, thank you, Saida.
0: Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Kitchen Podcast with host, global inspirational leader, author, and speaker, Monica Douglas-Clark. This has been a Monica Douglas-Clark production in association with rebelrev.net. Download your Spiritual Kitchen Takeaways for soul-nourishing daily practices and inspiration at spiritual-kitchen.com. Use the takeaways to remind you to fill up, be you, and take action. Share with friends and join us next time for another edition of the Spiritual Kitchen Podcast at spiritual-kitchen.com.